You are now listening to the ACMS podcast. Welcome back to the ACMS podcast. My name is Logan Browning, your podcaster, and this week's guest is Ian Checkets. Ian is a 2015 BYU-Idaho construction management graduate. He completed both of his internships before graduating. One was done at BYU-Hawaii in Hawaii, and the other one was done with Pulte Homes in Northern California. Since graduating, Ian has worked as a project engineer, superintendent, project manager, and even as an owner of his own residential company. Ian, welcome. Thanks for doing this with us. Yeah, I appreciate it. Always, I'm I'm excited about this podcast thing and hear other other podcasts. I want to hear kind of what's been going on with other people I graduated with and other people I went to school with. Is there anything else you'd like to mention besides what was in your bio and besides what we're going to talk about in the podcast? Um, uh, not right now. I'm sure it'll pop up when we're talking. Once you once start at, ask questions, I'm sure it'll flow. And you you let us know as we go along. Cool. We want to start with the first chapter of your construction book, and we want to talk about your time and experience at BYU-Idaho, where it all started. What was it? Did you have an interest in construction before that? Yeah, so I grew up, like, I think we built two houses, like, growing up, um, and then, like, 14, 15, started working as, like, a carpenter, building homes up in Island Park, so right around there. I grew up in Rexburg. So yeah, I just, I loved it. I thought it was super cool. Every aspect of it was really interesting to me. And yeah, I just kind of, I always knew I was going to do it. Went on a mission, came home, went right into construction management. and never even really thought twice about it. So I guess I've just always liked it. It's very, very straightforward. You get to see something constructed. So it makes sense. Pretty simple to me. So yeah, and then ever since I've just, I've loved it really really fun job really enjoyable so. and what things during school as in competitions or classes or teachers that kept that desire lit yeah I like I said I, I think it was interesting I really liked the classes like learning the technical like soils and concrete just all that stuff was really cool to learn and then during school I was I was working, like I said, I was a carpenter. At one point, I was a carpenter building um, parking structures for some of those apartments. So I was able to see see the stuff in the books kind of come to life. So that just kind of kept building my passion. And then the more I got involved with project management, it just is a really fun opportunity. And that's literally your position as a leader. And I know that the the program emphasizes that a lot, but you're literally, you're a leader all the time and you have to, you have to be that. And sometimes you're a leader over hundreds of people on a daily basis. And so, yeah, it's just, it's just always fun. I like getting up, going to work. I always enjoy my job. There's definitely challenges, but it's just, it's really fun. Did you participate in any competitions or remember any uh, events that ACM has put on while you were in school? Yeah, so for some reason, I don't know why, I was stuck with residential and I wanted to do that. And so I did the residential competition. I don't even remember what it's called now. But uh, that was done in Vegas. We pretty much developed a project, put together development based off um, judges' project. And then we put the estimates together, 
design plans, kind of all that stuff. It was, it was okay. I just, I don't know. I feel like I needed a little more direction. It was pretty hard. Like, like we just had no idea what we were doing. It was kind of, it was almost too big. I feel like they're asking you to do too much where you're just like, you have no clue. Like you're acting as a developer where you're just, there's, there's not much you can do, but it, I don't know. It, it gave me a lot of able to see like estimating design, kind of see all that, the big picture. And that's probably what they want. So it was a cool experience. I liked working on a team with other uh, students in the program. That was really fun. I think it helped me understand that more. And then just presenting it was really fun. It was a really good opportunity just to, to share that and have the judges give you feedback and, and kind of critique what is just doesn't make sense in the real world. So, so I liked it. Um, it was definitely kind of big, but it was, it was cool. And that definitely helps out students like you've talked about. So what, what would your recommendation be for someone that's new to Rexburg to get out and to get to, get to know it? Being from Rexburg, what's something that you must do while you're there at school? So obviously there's eight months of winter, but uh, there's tons of just stuff to do outdoors. Like I love the mountains. I love, like I grew up dirt biking and hunting and hiking and camping. And there's a lot of stuff you can do in the winter, snowboarding, snowmobiling. So there's tons of free stuff. So just look for that, go do all that. It's super fun. Um, I know a lot of people think it sucks to go to Rexburg, but I also know a lot of people that go there and they love it. So there's tons of fun stuff. Just Google all the free hikes, waterfalls, all that stuff. It's, it's just, yeah, there's tons of stuff outdoors. Ian, let's jump over to your internships and talk about the experiences that you've had from them. And we can talk about your internship that you did at BYU-Hawaii first and then transition to Pulte Homes. So what was that like working in Hawaii? How did you get that? What were some things that you did? Yeah, so I was kind of lucky my dad worked at BYU-Hawaii. So I had that connection. So he was able to talk to the construction department. They also were doing a lot of building down there, which they that only happens every like 20 years because it's so restricted by the state. So they were building seven dorms, a mixed use building. And then there's quite a few like duplexes for the faculty that they were building because housing is such an issue down there. They were trying to expand from 2,500 students to 5,000 students. So they're, they're pretty small when you compare them to BYU-Idaho, but my dad was able to help me get down there. I kind of was involved with the faculty housing mostly. I went to the, all the OAC meetings, was able to talk to the engineers. The director of construction at BYU-Hawaii was my boss and he was, he was really good to work with. Gave me a lot of insight. And what was also interesting is there's three separate uh, general contractors. So I was able to see kind of what the owners liked and didn't like. And I, one contractor like specifically was way better. And then there was a second and third. And so you could see which one was performing better, the issues that were coming up and how each contractor would handle them. So it was really cool just to see that from the owner's side, cause that's pretty much, I was like an owner's rep. And then with the faculty housing, I was pretty much like my boss just didn't have time because they're managing all the larger construction projects. He just asked me to handle these ones. 
so there was a general contractor for the uh, duplexes, but I was like I was port coordinating pay requests, design selections, keeping them up on schedule, seeing what the delays were, um, coordinating with architect engineer, stuff like that. So it gave me a lot of freedom just because my boss didn't have time. I was pretty much the project manager for those projects. But yeah, and obviously that was convenient with my dad, but there's there's a million people you know that you can just talk. Uh, so I just, I recommend just asking everyone you know people from your your home ward or, or whatever there's always someone that can help you get an internship and is that how you got your second one with Pulte Homes yes the VP of construction for Pulte in the northern California area he was my buddy for my mission it was his dad so I just kind of like we were good friends just kept in touch conveniently we went to where my my wife was from so I stayed with my mother-in-law so it was kind of convenient for that too but yeah, just kind of kept, I kept talking to him. He invited me to do an internship with them. Just always kind of ask. I definitely recommend doing them before you graduate. It helps you really see, like, maybe you don't want to, maybe you think you want to do residential, you go do it, you don't like it, you want to go commercial. So I think the faculty have set up two internships for a reason. So take advantage of them. Don't do dumb ones that aren't. I don't know. I just, I recommend they're, they're super useful. It's, it's going to determine what your career is. If you don't go work for them after, that's fine, but you really need to go do it. See if you like it and see if maybe you don't even like construction, maybe you hate it. So maybe you need to change your <laughs> degree, but I think it's a great opportunity. So take advantage of them. And you mentioned that networking is huge in the construction industry. What are some tips and tricks that you would give or advice you would give to students now looking for an internship? And you mentioned, look for companies that are interesting, right? Find something that's beneficial. What, what, what other things would you recommend? Yeah, so as I've seen kind of later on being graduated a few years, what happens is like a project manager will get promoted to like an area manager. He has several project managers under him or superintendents, whatever. He's gonna, um, poach him from other companies so he's gonna he's gonna recruit people that he's worked with because he trusts them so it's just the same thing like build good relationships in school trust people and then just try to talk to everyone I'm not super social but it, it's helpful just to just to talk to everyone try and get your name out there let everyone know who you are that way fused down the road you're like hey this guy works for Oakland or whatever I, I, I really want to work for them you can reach out to him and he can be a reference that he can talk to his boss yeah just just talk to people interact LinkedIn is super good obviously I'm sure you guys have been using that I've been on it a lot more lately trying to build up my connections and build up my network but yeah just talk to people I feel like that's kind of small talk is even like at a church or when you're hanging out with friends, you talk about what you do. So you can always just kind of share that, share what you do and, and build that relationship. I think that's fantastic advice. It's simple, but it's direct and it's to the point. And it's way better than trying to find them on like Indeed or whatever. Like you're just, you're going to get the job way easier if you just know someone. So Ian, you had your experience at BYU-Idaho and you did your internships and all that was completed. You but then that chapter came to a close and the next one was opened and that was your career in the construction industry. And yours is a little bit different than the rest. We'll jump into why that is. 
But what happened after you graduated? I knew I was going to leave Idaho. I just, like, my wife had to finish school, so that's why we were sticking around. So I pretty much just found a company that I could work for, temporary, like, one to two years. So I found this company, Idaho Falls. I guess I'm not sure their name. But, uh, yeah, I worked for them. Kind of went back and forth, talked to them a lot. They're kind of a small, probably had, like, 20, 30 employees. And they hired me before I graduated. So I'd go down there like two days a week and just do project engineer work. So I was doing submittals, subcontracts, insurance, probably pretty much what everyone does right out of college. And then graduated, went and worked for them. I was kind of still in the office for about a week. And they're like, hey, we need a, a superintendent. This superintendent can manage both of these projects. So they threw me in the field. So that was, it was a renovation at ISU doing a bunch of site work, a um, bunch of like sidewalk ADA ramps we were installing, but there's a lot of like retaining walls because there's a lot of hills. So I was managing all the subcontractors for the renovation. I was managing concrete crews that we were, like we were self-performing all our site work, all our concrete. And so, so yeah, that was, it was cool. Lots, lots of experience, tons of like, tons of um, in the field experience I was doing I was like doing heights like I had to figure out the heights for like with lasers and stuff like that and so it's just tons of hands-on experience obviously my guys were doing most of like the work but I had to lay everything out I had to go check what my subs were doing and that was kind of my first experience in the commercial world so there's a lot of stuff like metal studs I'd never done that so I was had to figure that out make sure my subs were doing it right think one section the on the sidewalks was designed wrong so we actually had to rip it out that was the engineer's fault I think it was it was partially our fault partially engineer's fault so we had to rip it out middle of winter so that wasn't very fun but yeah, after that I went to another project we were doing this large park in Blackfoot yeah what was it there's a park and then there's a bunch of parking and stuff it was like a memorial park so I kind of became, I was still a super, and then after midway through the project, they kind of promoted me to a project manager where I was managing multiple sites. It was kind of a small company, so you can't do everything. But, uh, but yeah, just, I, was, I was promoted to that position just because I was able to manage the, the computer, do all that paperwork stuff. That's kind of why I got promoted anyways. So we did that project. We were doing... Oh, what else were we doing? We were doing a couple like um, renovations and apartment complex. The trusses were failing, so we had to go in and fix all the trusses. I'm trying to remember what else we were doing at that time. It's been so long. <laughs> and then we we kind of started. And I was while I was doing all this, I was doing a lot of sales. I was trying to reach out, build new client base. We were doing a lot of government bid work, and I just despised it. Like I hated it. It was so frustrating. It was just lowest number wins. So I just hated it. So I kept trying to find clients. So at this point, we had built pretty good relationships up in Driggs, um, Jackson Hole. So at that point, we were starting to get some high-end custom homes up there. And they had the company had a lot of experience over in McCall, Idaho, doing that. So it wasn't like a big deal for them. And so that was kind of my last project. I was doing a high-end home in Driggs. And that's when I, that's kind of at the point where I had, I'd started getting into real estate investing. And then I, I'd done my first house and 
and decided I want to go on my own at that point. Been with them for about a year and a half, I think, before I left. And what happened after that, right? So you worked with this company and then you decided maybe that's not what I want to do. And you decided to start your own company, which led you to doing over 90 plus remodels of different type of mostly houses, but other different styles. What was, what was that next step like? Yeah. So it's tough and, and I guess I'll get into more of it later, but I was frustrated because I was doing a lot of work. I was, I was giving this, I was helping this company get more money but I wasn't getting anything for it. I was promised bonuses, commissions, whatever, and I wasn't receiving them. So I was frustrated. And so I was like, oh, I'll just work for myself. I'll make my millions, blah, blah, blah. So that was kind of why I transitioned. Started researching flipping houses. I thought it was stupid forever. Like I thought all the shows were dumb. But the more I researched it, I was like, hey, I'm actually like, it's pretty much what I do. So, so yeah, we were still in Idaho. So I kind of set up the system and the system is where we would send out letters, thousands of people. I guess first I would drive around and find as many crappy homes as I could in the neighborhood. Then we'd send them letters and then they would call me. We would kind of negotiate, get it under contract. And I would have to find the funds to buy it, pay for the construction, and then we would resell it. So pretty much just like you see on all the, the flipping shows. So did that in Idaho. We did, I'm trying to remember, like maybe six, seven homes in Idaho. Idaho Falls, St. Anthony was kind of the most between that area. We didn't, we honestly didn't do any in Rexburg because Rexburg is overpriced. <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, it, so it was fun. Yeah, it was running a business, so it was, it was not easy, but it was, yeah, it was, it was cool. And then we decided to, we didn't want to stay there. My wife's from California. I met her in Hawaii, so she had to have a beach. So we picked a few places. Charleston, her dad was uh, from, or he lived in South Carolina, so Charleston kind of came at the top of it. And so we decided to move out to Charleston, South Carolina, where I, I currently live. And then, we, yeah, we just kind of kept doing the same thing. Started flipping homes out here. And it was a way bigger market. There's about, I think there's like, three quarters of a million people out here. So quite, quite a few more people. So it gave us opportunity, a lot of homes to buy. Obviously Charleston has been around since 16, 1700s. So was, there's a lot of old areas too. But yeah, it was, we kind of did everything. Homes that had burnt to the ground, we rebuilt. Homes that were infested with mold everywhere, rebuilt. Sometimes they were just simple kind of paint and carpet. So kind of the whole realm of it but during that I decided to get my license in South Carolina how I had I was able to pull my own permit kind of handle everything I guess in-house which was was nice and convenient. From all this experience that you gained from doing what you did what's the greatest reward from that and also what's the biggest lesson that you've learned? So the biggest so I guess experience. I, I gained a lot of experience in the last few years. Running a business is very difficult. It's very hard. There's so many moving parts, especially construction. I don't think no one, unless they're a business owner in construction, can understand how many things um, are required. There's bonds, there's insurance, there's subs insurance. Like it just, it just never ends. And there's always issues that come up 
And since we were flipping the houses, if the issues came up, they were my fault because I was the owner and contractor. So yeah, lesson I learned was just kind of be detailed, I guess, detailed as you can. And then if you want to have your own business, get really good at accounting because that's, it doesn't need to be all your time, but you need to be really good at it and you need to manage that um, or else you'll really struggle. So yeah, I guess good and bad. I, I learned a lot from experiences. I learned how to deal with people, how to avoid working with people that weren't going to be good. <laughs> so yeah, I just overall experience in kind of any and all facet, which is really good. Like I, I, I kind of went into it with the mindset of making all this money and that was a very poor mindset, but I got a lot out of it. I learned a lot. I was able to grow a lot and develop. And really that's, that's all life's about is learning all we can. And so I try and, I try and look at it that way. Um, I've been, been taken advantage of by different people. I've been in lawsuits with certain people. So I, I get frustrated with it, but I, like I said, I try and, like I said, life is learning. So I'm trying to look at it that way and, and learn from those mistakes and be able to be a better person, be a better construction manager from that. And because of those incidents that you just got done describing of lawsuits and just losing, having people take advantage of you, is that what made you want to go back to work for somebody else? Or was there something else that led you to that path to work for Alliance Residential? I was honestly, I was stressed out so much. You, you have to manage your capital, which is really hard. And every business owner has the same issue until they get more established. But you have to make sure you have enough money to pay all your subs, employees, whatever. So there's just this constant kind of hole in your gut. You're just always worried, like, man, what if what if this guy doesn't pay me? Um, we were pretty lucky. I only had probably one customer that didn't pay me. So most of the time it, it kind of kept going and we were doing okay, but it was just it was just always in the back of my mind. I was always stressed, I was always worried. And so yeah, I just, I kind of got sick of it and maybe I got into my business too early. Maybe I need to go learn more from someone else. That's what I've tried to tell myself. Maybe I don't ever want to have business again. I don't know. It, it, who knows what the, what will happen in the future. But uh, yeah, that's, that's why I decided. I was also kind of sick of residential construction. It's kind of, it's pretty simple. And I was like, we're building right now. We're wrapping up a 6,000 square foot house and, like there's 30 foot steel beams, there's huge floor trusses, all sorts of stuff, but it, it's really not that complex. And so I was kind of just, I don't know, I, I was just kind of boring. So I'm hoping with the commercial realm, I'll get some more stuff I'll see. I, do, I still love construction. It's really interesting. So I, I want to learn more. I don't want to, I feel like I'm kind of stuck in that aspect right now. Then what would be your future aspirations, knowing all that you know now and, and kind of creating a new path for you to follow? Yeah, I've, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Um, so Alliance Residential, they're strictly multifamily apartments and they're developer and builder. So I'm, I'm really excited with this company because I, I feel like they fit exactly into the niche I, I enjoy and I like. I love... I love construction. I, I still like stick frame wood construction, which that's the majority of stuff they do. They do like three to five um, stories 
apartments and usually they're doing about 300 unit apartments so and then they're they're the builder and then they're developer too so that's they're pretty much what i was doing on a huge scale and so my aspirations i guess are hopefully develop maybe become manager or a vp of a company maybe that's an alliance but a company like this i know i have a lot of experience that i can bring but i also know i can learn a lot and i've already already been thinking of different ways like we can cut costs with the project we're doing now like panelized framing like that's a super every i don't know if you guys have been talking about modular construction much lately but that's super kind of up and up and coming in construction and and construction's really behind in a lot of areas. And so, so I'm excited for that. So yeah, I guess kind of looking at that, my aspirations are I still want to grow. I still want to develop. I want to be promoted, be able to handle huge projects on my own and, and be able to know how to. But yeah, maybe someday I'll, I'll have a business again. Who knows? I think people just don't be afraid to, to try stuff. Some people may look at me as failing as, with that business but i think everyone's got you just got to try you have i know we have a life after this but you can't you only have one, one opportunity in this life so you need to take advantage of whatever comes your way and try things try new things experience everything you can ian thanks for thanks for all that input and for the knowledge that you passed on to us as we wrap up our podcast we want to focus on the four cornerstones of the design and construction management program which are to build others through Christ-like service, lead with integrity, design, construct, and connect with our communities, and grow our knowledge continually. Seeing both sides of the construction industry, one as a leader, but also as an owner, what ways have you chosen to lead with integrity? So this has been, in construction, you've faced so many sketchy people, it's insane. Since I moved out here, I've had so many employees and subs that do drugs. It's, it's just, it blows me away how many are out there. And so there's a lot of poor workmanship. So integrity is huge. You Like the people, the client you're providing a product to has no idea what that product is. They just, all they see is paint and the finishes. So as long as those look good, they don't care. So what's behind the walls? They don't really know. So you have to you have to provide that you have to be honest. Like when there's change orders, you have to be fair. So it's huge. You there's so many ways you can take advantage of other people that you need to you need to be aware of. So obviously I've had a lot of employees, a lot of subs, and so it's given me the opportunity to help people. Um we had so one of my employees was a I think it's gone on tears, so he got baptized. So he saw who I was. He saw how I lived my life. And he's like, man, he really liked it. And he wanted that for himself. So it motivated him. Like I didn't, like I was, I'm not good at sharing the gospel. I should be better. But he just, he kind of saw how I lived my life. And so he wanted that. So he decided to be baptized. So that was really cool. He got the priesthood. He's about to go to the temple. And so, like I said, you're, you're a leader over hundreds of people all the time. So you have that opportunity help other people um, my job sites people don't swear very much because they I don't tell them not to but they know I don't swear so they don't swear on me so there's just so many opportunities in your everyday life just just to be an example 
just trying to be like Christ, not yelling at people when it's like obviously it's construction, there's lots of frustration, but there's so many better ways to handle situations and you'll be respected and appreciated for it. It's really interesting. Like when I worked for that company right out of college, it was I think they were kind of the old carrot or the stick. Like that was totally the last fifty years, that's how construction was done. Now it's it's matured and I think it's a lot better. But uh it's still easy to kind of get sucked back into those old ways where you hold hold money over your stubs or your guys or threaten or stuff like that. When really you need to you need to communicate and coordinate and that's your job as a, a construction manager is literally communicating. And so trying to have that Christ-like influence is just going to help you in the end. Ian, is there anything that you would like to mention that wasn't mentioned in the podcast just to finalize everything up? Just kind of like I said with internship, just look for what's out there. Don't get stuck with one thing, whether your professor suggests it, your parents suggest it, just try and be open. I look at all kind of the guys I graduated with and they're all in way different things from each other. You just need to focus on what you're good at and what you enjoy. And if you need to do four internships, do four internships. Just make sure it's what you what you like. Um, you don't have to stick with one thing forever. Like you see, I'm I'm getting out of my own business and going working for another company. So don't feel like you're forced to do one thing. Look for opportunities and do whatever you enjoy. Ian, thanks again. We appreciate you connecting back with us. And we wish you the best for whatever is in the future. Yeah. Thanks, Logan. We'll see you. Thank you for listening to the ACMS podcast.